Welcome back to the Four Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It is time, the thing we've been hinting at our entirety of this podcast, our next season predictions, is our final episode before our first regular season episode. We cap off the off-season stay was the best episode of all. Throw all the other ones behind for a second. We got awards predictions and playoff predictions. What's going to happen in 2023? How are we doing today, boys? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk about this because we're going to be referring to this episode quite a bit this season, you know, laughing at each other's predictions or, you know, backing it up. This is a big episode for us. You know, these are our predictions. You know, there's going to be some hot takes here, but I think it's going to be fun to talk about. Stas, how are we doing? I know Tom's opinions are going to be wrong. I'm just Whee! excited to talk about them. Fair enough. So the way we're going to format this is we're going to go awards like least important to most valuable wink because we're in most valuable player list and then we'll talk about our playoff predictions and we'll, we'll break it down piece by piece so we're going to kick it off with uh, american league reliever of the year we know who toms is um the best reliever in probably the entire game of baseball it's emmanuel class a and i mean there's not much that has to be said about this this guy's got the stuff He's got the stats to back it up, and he really hasn't sh- shown any signs of weakness in his in his time in the pros. There's been no, you know, worry for him. Um, and he's on a good team that you know is going to rely on him pretty heavily this season. So I think he's going to be a guy that's going to rack up saves while also being one of the best, most effective closers in baseball. Steve, where are you at? I am exactly on Tom's page. Uh, Emmanuel Classe is an extremely good closer. Um, I don't really know who else you'd pick over the top of him. Well, I do know, but um, I, I, I think you have to go with him. I don't think there's really any argument that he's not going to be the best reliever in the American League. Enter Brad. And Yeah, enter Brad. <laughs> uh, I think Emmanuel Classe is great. Uh, he's very, very good. The thing that I kind of value of a reliever is not having to completely rely on your defense, which Class A does to some degree. It's He's yeah. insane at restricting so, uh, hard contact. Like It's very difficult to hit 102-mile-an-hour cutter hard. But you know who's better than that? Felix Bautista. With three pitches Ooh. with 140 stuff plus, the mountain among men. Like The, the dude's literal nickname is a mountain, which is fair. Uh, he's insanely tall. Like he's, You know how Sandy lasts long? He lasts tall. Um, he's 6'8", 285. He's just a thick boy, and it's impossible to hit off of it. I, I don't – I mean, I honestly – I think he's in that conversation for best reliever in the AL, but I think I put a guy, a guy like Andres Munoz over Bautista as well, just in terms of stuff plus two. I, I think – does Bautista have the edge on stuff plus? Yes. But, A, Munoz has, has a better um, – I think he has a better resume coming into the season. Bautista is going to have to, you know, prove a lot to, you know, repeat his seat. He's only pitched one season. So that's has that's Munoz. My... But Munoz was better. No, he wasn't. I, I think he was better. I, I mean, the under the hood stats for Munoz are absurd. Um, Same for Bautista. I mean, no, oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I like that. I really like that pick, Brad. Like, if the Orioles want to play well, then Bautista needs to come out and show up. And I think he definitely can. He has the ability to. Munoz to, ranks 10th. Bautista 2nd in Stuff Plus. I'm trying Who's to one? look. Who's who one? else, is it, is who else could be in that conversation? Is it Classe? No. Classe <laughs> is... Let me pull up the document again. Um, I mean... No, relievers are crazy. Classe ranks... Oh, yeah. Classe ranks 1. Yeah! It's solely on the cutter and slider. 
that really is the case. But I, I think I think Bautista going forward will be, you know, one of the best. He'll cement himself next season. I mean, obviously already having a great first season, but you know, being a guy that's reliable year after year. I feel like also like the emotion of playing for a team like striving to make the playoffs. Like the Guardians feel like a playoff team already. The Orioles feel like they're, you know, they're trying to get there this year. I mean, yeah, they definitely they definitely have to earn it. I mean, we talked about it in the episode. Um, they're going to be fighting against the Twins and the White Sox. So, I mean, there's some drive there. I'm looking yeah. at everyone else. I mean, I mean, outside of those two, who where would you go next outside of those two? Munoz. Munoz would be up there. I'd look at like Jason a Adams. Paul Seawald. Jason Adams. I like that pick. Paul Seawald. I'd look at John Schreiber of the Boston Red Sox. Um, John Duran. As I was going to yeah, say, John Duran. Yeah, there. No, there's definitely a lot of high-quality talent there. I think you think about Kenley Jansen team. coming up and winning the American League Reliever of the Year, Brad? I could easily see that. Okay. He was I, fantastic I last year. Yeah, he's in a he's definitely in a park that's not going to benefit him that much from yeah. you know the balls in play, but he is a soft contact guy, so maybe he does keep the ball in the yard. I I, I don't know. There's there's I, a lot of talent in this league. I mean, same with the National League because you have yeah. a lot of people here. You could go with like the Cy Young among National League relievers and Josh Hader. You can't really go with Edwin Diaz. So sorry if you guys picked that before his knee blew out. Um, I went with Evan Phillips of the Los Angeles Dodgers. This guy. He's the prime example of the sweeper revolution. He had four pitches with negative run value last year, and he's among one of the most elite relievers and just most unhittable relievers in baseball. Because so you don't know which way or which speed the ball is going at. You can't sit on any pitch. Yeah, he looks like a looks like a mailman, but you know, car salesman adds to the deception of his fastball and all of his other pitches. Actually, Stevs, who'd you have? So I was debating between the Brewers' current closer in Devin Williams and uh, their former closer, who is now a Padre, and Josh Hader. Um, but I think Josh Hader is going to, now that he's kind of settled in San Diego, I think he's going to have himself quite a year this year. And if the Padres don't extend him, which I could see going either way, in all honesty, he's going to earn himself a big payday this upcoming offseason. I mean, I'm right there with Stevs, but I didn't pick Josh Hader. I picked... <laughs> Devin Williams I there is definitely room to grow for this guy I mean he's been very effective since he's come in the league but obviously the walk concern the control issues is biggest thing he's got the stuff he's got the pitch repertoire he's insane um but that walk percentage is is pretty bad I mean it's not it's not pretty bad it's it's pretty it's a red flag for him um but if he can if he can cut that down he's definitely in that in that top three conversation and I think if he cuts it down he will be the best I think the issue with trying to predict like reliever of the year is it could literally be anyone. The other guy I was kind of like leaning towards is Ryan Helsley of the St. Louis yeah. Cardinals. I really liked him as someone to go with. Obviously, Edwin Diaz, but he's his knee doesn't exist anymore. Um, he needs some help. Sorry. Um, there's a lot of good options in the National League. Yeah. Hater, Williams. Just... Pitching is very good right now. Yeah. Is that an all-time high? I want to say definitely. Oh, yeah, 100%. Definitely. Yeah, it's only getting better. Yeah. All right. Time to start with some of the more controversial. Some real, some real awards. So, I believe Rookie of the Year is next, right? <laughs> I'd like to start all of us saying our number three, then number two, and then our eventual winner. You guys game for that? I'm game for that. I'm good right. with that. Can I interject real quick? Because I had an honorable mention for for AL Rookie of the Year. Go for okay. it. 
I wanted to throw in Grayson Rodriguez. Um, I wanted to have him in, but then I forgot there was a guy that is technically a rookie, even though he is like 20, how old is he? 20, 28, 28, 29. I was going to say 29, but I forgot he was technically a rookie until Aiden ever so lovely. uh, He brought that to my attention. I was like, that's a fair point. Um, So yeah, I want to say, I I think Grayson Rodriguez is going to have a very, very good year and I'm excited to watch him play, but he just falls out of my top, my top three. Fair enough. So do you want to say who your number three is? I'll segue into that. Okay, so I went with Logan O'Hop. I think he is going to have a very, very, very good year with the uh, Los Angeles Angels. We just talked about him uh, the other day, um, and I think he's he's the real deal. I really think he is, um, and I think he's going to help aid in the depth piece of what the Los Angeles Angels are trying to build, assuming they can hold on to Shohei Otani. I'm right there with you, Stavs. I'm right there with you, Stavs. That's a great pick. Logan O'Hop, number three for my AL Rookie of the Year pick. I'm right there with you. I mean, he's going to be – he's not going to be, like, a crazy guy, but he's going to be an everyday guy who's going to provide, you know, some pretty average at-bats with some pretty average defense. But, he, I mean, that that's going to stack up over time. Brad, are you, I'm <laughs> assuming you're not on the same page. You're not a Logan O'Hop enthusiast. I'm not a Logan O'Hop enthusiast. And number three, I had Masataka Yoshida. You guys love <laughs> him. Ooh. I mean, there's a ton – okay, here's the thing. In a year where there wasn't many good rookies, I can see having, like, an egregious reaction to that. But there's a ton of good rookies across the American League. Like, it could reasonably go to anyone. Yeah, so, I, I'm just. I will not yeah. be taking criticism. I I will criticize. <laughs> okay, steps. Who's your number two? Well done. I am rating. Um. Okay. So this was my number one before, uh, the guy Brad just mentioned. But uh, I went with Gunnar Henderson. I love this. Um, I love Gunnar Henderson. I really want him to win it. But when you have a guy that's pre- basically pro-ready coming into the league, uh, and as Tom would so lovely like to point out, that uh, he's a top-10 left fielder. Uh, he's not quite yet, but I can definitely see it by midseason. And I think he's going to come out and prove it. So I get, I basically just told you my two and one. My two is Gunnar Henderson. He's going to have an amazing year. My one is Masataka Yoshida. I'm the exact same as <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I mean, I, I would have had Gunner at one probably had Masataki Yoshida not been in the league now and considered a rookie. But I, I just, I mean, this guy is going to hit like 290 with probably like 25 doubles and like 20 home runs. He's going to be good. I, I think there's without a doubt in my mind. And he was Which electric in the world baseball. About? Oh, okay. sorry. This is Masataki Yoshida. This is me defending my, because we all know Gunnar Henderson is going to be two or one, Um, yeah. but it's just, talking about Yoshida and how he already has a guaranteed hit tool. And I really do think that's going to work out for him in the pros. Um, I like Yoshida. I think he's very good. I think some of the narrative is going to be behind whether the Red Sox are good or not. That's fair. And I don't think the Red Sox are going to be very good, which is consistent with everything I've said this offseason. Uh, a team that I think is going to be really good. And actually, Stevs and I just talked about, need their pitching to really show up. I have Hunter Brown at number two. We said on our episode, if you haven't gone to listen to that prediction, you can go hop back. It came out yesterday on Tuesday. We said that the pitching is the most questionable for the Houston Astros. It's been in a very long time. And if this team has any fallacy, it's specifically that. And it opens the door for Hunter Brown to step up and be a guy. And I think he will be. I think the only thing that may hold him back is walks. And then number one, yep. Gunnar Henderson. 
I, I like the I like the Hunter Brown pick. Um, he was he was probably five. I think Grayson Rodriguez is going to have a bit of a better season. But if you want to bring up the fact that the Orioles will probably be worse than the Astros, well, not probably, definitely be worse than the Astros. Then yeah, I kind of I can see the the reasoning for having Hunter Brown a little bit higher than him. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I was sorry, I was just gonna say I had yeah, like okay. Grayson Rodriguez at four. Okay. Yeah, I would have I would have had Hunter Brown I would have had Hunter Brown at five and Grayson at four. Um, but God, I hate this kid. Uh, this guy. I mean, so a lot of a lot of rookies. I mean, rookie of the year isn't like isn't like MVP in the sense that like MVP is like your most valuable. You usually put a, a better guy like on a, I mean a better team on that on that list but i really don't think it's as big of a factor um especially for rookie of the year i mean so i'm trying to think back like last year it was it was j-rod or was adley was there brian Green in that conversation was he in no was he three he was no. out for like 30 games okay i want to i feel like i don't know i i need to go back and look at their stats are we like, sleeping on riley green for this season all of I'm us not sleep- no, 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 no. i i think he was my was he is he technically a rookie? He's a rookie. He's still a rookie. I believe I, so. I do not I believe. I do not think. I don't think that's. Hold on. I think I the did not believe that was actually Gunnar Henderson was literally like one at bat short or something like that. Really? Riley Green? No, Riley Green definitely went over. That's my bad. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize how much he played last year. That's what. That's what I'm saying. He was. Yeah. He was pretty good. I think he's got some serious ability to get the ball to all parks of the field. But I mean, if he was still, if he was in this. In this year, I still don't think I would have him in the yeah, top I five. Or I top mean, three. I'd say he might fall at five, but that's about as high as I could put him. Tom, kick us off with third for NL Rookie of the Year. This might be a surprise because I think a lot of people are pretty high on this guy, but I got Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks at number three. I I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I, I don't I don't I'm not too high on him. I mean, his he strikes out a ton. I'm I'm a little worried about that. I'm worried about his hit tool not really translating to the pros as much of his as much as his glove and, and speed on the bases. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he, he, if he can hit, he's probably going to be a five tool guy. But you know, I just I'm just waiting to see that happen. I'd be more concerned about his power more than his hit tool as it is. I think he'll make contact, but if it's just weak soft contact, like the speed will play. But if it's soft contact, you're not going to be able to take advantage of his ability to stretch doubles into triples, things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely I can see those concerns. I disagree with those concerns. Um, but I actually want to switch these two because he was just announced to be on the opening this day guy. roster. So at three, I'm gonna go with Ezekiel Tovar. Um, that's style. not bad. That's not a bad one. But no, don't no I just it. was not expecting him. That's why. I um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I I really like Ezekiel Tovar, and I think. Uh, he's gonna be the one bright spot on a very, very rocky Rockies lineup. Um, and I, I think, I think it's gonna be a combination of him and Chris Bryant are really gonna be the only two things that keep Colorado afloat this year, and a lot of attention is gonna get drawn to it. Hey, Stavs. Yeah, I agree. I have him in third. No, really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the Colorado thing. I find it so difficult to properly evaluate someone that plays in Colorado that I think he's going to be pretty good. I think the defense should translate. It's just, what else? Like, is he going to be that good or is he going to be like a two-war player? And that doesn't, as we've seen last year, that doesn't play in rookie of the league, rookie, excuse me, rookie of the year recently. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely nice to be out in cores, especially as as a good fielder, you know, that makes you look more complete. 
I, I like him. He'd probably be my four guy, but two and one are just a lot higher for me. Um, that's a good segue into my number two, who's probably not on your guys' list. It's Kodai Senga of the New York Mets. I love his I love his uh I love his pitch repertoire, and I really think he will be good this season. I mean, there's this, a lot of pressure. Yeah, pitching in New York is definitely scary, but I think I, I think he can handle the heat. I think he's got it. Stevs, are you on the same page uh, as me? Or no? No, not at all. Um, as I kind of half mentioned, this guy just got announced to be on their opening day roster, uh, Jordan Walker. Um, I was really high on him going into the trade deadline of last season when the Nats were possibly going to get him. Um, and then they did not, um, which is fine, you know. Stay stuff happens. Um, definitely did. Uh, I can't argue with that logic. But – um he's gonna come out he had an amazing spring he's gonna come out and he have an even better regular season i i don't really have, think i don't really think you can disagree with that um i think tom's gonna disagree with that uh but we'll I'm find out disagree with that i'm gonna disagree with that uh <laughs> you disagree oh you know I was gonna say, if you want to go disagree with that first you can no 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 because it segues into the next part okay. just go ahead well at my number two i had corbin carroll um Defense is fine. Fine. I just think he's going to be good. I think he'll be very solid. It's just, I don't think, I think the person who I have winning this might finish top 10 in MVP voting this year. I think that, his yeah. hit tool is so fantastic. He's going to have a lot of games at DH, but what's his name, Tom? Jordan Walker, baby. Number one NL rookie of the year voting. He's got all the tools. He can hit for power. He's, Got a crazy cannon for an arm. I mean, he's he's a very good player, and he's he's still twenty. He's still twenty. So, um, yeah, he almost, he's, he's almost twenty one. I, I mean, think he's this the is, first twenty year old to play for the Cardinals since like nineteen eighty one. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a once in a generation type of guy. I I, I believe in terms of raw power. I really think he's going to be a guy that's going to go out there and hit thirty plus home runs, if not more. He might reach that. You know, like. Pete Alonso rookie season numbers. I'm not saying he's going to hit 50 something home runs, but you know, he's got that potential. I could definitely see that in his career though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Later down the line, for sure. He's still so young. Like of the rookies uh, on here, I think, well, Stez, you're number one. Yeah. My number one, I went with Corbin Carroll. Um, I do agree that Jordan Walker may have a overall, I'm not going to say like by that much, but a overall better season top to bottom. But I think the effect is going to be how how they play, right? Because no, don't let don't do that. Because the <laughs> Cardinals are already supposed to be a projected favorite, right? They're already projected to win the division and all that, right? So if Arizona comes out and is even like somewhat competitive around, and Corbin Carroll is the main focal point of that, then it's going to translate to his rookie of the year votes as well. Like if they are better than the Giants and if they are even somewhat competitive in the division or the wild card spot, Gordon McCarroll is going to win it. I disagree just because I feel like the Cardinals are going to have – the Cardinals have an offensive, like, they have it down, you know. And there's going to be guys on base. And I know there, this isn't weighted as much as other stats, especially now in this day and age. But he has so much RBI opportunity, uh, Jordan Walker – compared to Corbin Carroll and the Arizona Diamondbacks offense, there's going to be runners on base for Jordan Walker to hit in. It's not going to be a big factor, but I think he might be a guy who breaks the 100 RBI mark next season, which is just going to add to his resume. I, mean, I think both are viable picks. I think of the people we've mentioned for rookie of the year on both National League and American League, I think Walker, maybe Carroll, 
and Henderson, maybe outside chance of Yoshida, are the ones that can like compete for MVP in their career. Obviously, some people could surprise us, but if we're talking actual like MVP candidates in their career. I could see I Yoshida. I could definitely see Yoshida. Yeah, I mean, if Yoshida I'm definitely have, seeing like, a, Carol yeah. Walker. I definitely see Henderson as well. And yeah, I, I mean, I definitely see all four of those. Um, and then like as far as pitching wise goes, I mean, I think pretty much all the people we've talked about could we could see within conversation of at least a Scion. Maybe. Right. Is that what's next? Speaking of Cy Young. Speaking of, that was what I was going to say. That was a really good transition step. Good job. Um, I am now realizing I just closed my... No, I'm just on my playoffs. Okay, here we are. All right, <laughs> so you guys want to start with American League or National League? Let, let's go Let's go AL, because we've started AL for everything so far, I think. Yeah. Let's go AL. And Stevs, you want to lead us off with number five? You want to do five to one, right? Go, go five. Yeah, five I four, have a problem. Yeah. What? I have six has, for both Cy Young Brad and MVP. Five A and five B. Oh my gosh! I there's just so much good pitching you that I couldn't. Me I was gonna add another person on this list. Okay, um, that's fine. I can improvise. I'm like that. Okay, Steph, I go can, ahead. I, uh, do we want to do six? Because I could probably inf- uh, uh, improv. <laughs> Ooh, improvise, uh. improvise uh, a quick six person because I already know who six would be on here. Do you want to? You yeah, want to let's do it. it. Uh, so Garrett Cole would be my sixth uh, for AL Cy Young. Um, I think he's going to be the one staple of the Yankees uh, pitching rotation that has already uh, been ravaged by injury so far through spring. Um, I think he's going to come out and he's going to do a lot of things well um, and kind of prove that he is the ace no matter who comes into that organization. My number six, oh my gosh, I don't know who to do. I, okay, my number six is going to be Jacob deGrom because I feel like, I don't know, I want him to be higher, but I feel like six is going to be Jacob deGrom because I feel like he's going to pitch roughly 115 innings of, you know, insane Hall of Fame uh, innings quality. Um, it's just not going to be enough to get him in that Scion conversation just because he doesn't have that bulk yet. But I think there's a possibility, there's a world – where Jacob Degrom does reach 170 innings and he does win this Cy Young, because if he does reach that 170 innings, he's going to he's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of him being healthy. Um, but I think I'm going to put him at number six just to just to be safe. Um, I don't think he's going to be healthy, so you will not see him in my top six. Uh, my number six is a guy that Tom really really likes. It's just I think he will not be able to progress given the White Sox defense and his incredibly high walk rates of Dylan Cease. Uh, I the stuff is there. He's filthy. He generates a ton of whiffs. There's a lot of value there. It's just you can't walk, you know, three batters every nine innings and expect to see constant success. I think that holds him back ultimately. That's where you at. Wait, did you already give yours? Oh, you already yeah. gave yours. You're good. Yeah, I already gave me. That was bring the first us into one, the, yeah. yeah, bring us into the top five then. Man. Um, okay, so this is where I had Alec Manoa. Um, I think he's going to have a really good year for the Blue Jays this year and kind of take that, I guess, another step forward. Um, he's going to be the driving factor for what makes the Blue Jays uh, run well um, from top to bottom. And I think he's – because now I – a little spoiler ahead. Now I've shifted and switched slightly because originally I had the Yankees winning the division. Now I have the Blue Jays winning the division, and he's a main driving factor as to why. So 
my number five is Dylan Cease. I probably should have transitioned from Brad, but he, you know, he's <laughs> I, what what Brad said pretty much. He's going to be a guy that's going to struggle with the walk. He's going to, you know, limit everything else while pitching at an elite level. It's just the walks are going to hold him back just just a little bit. I still think he's going to be in that top five conversation. There's a world where he like 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 Jacob Degrom has improvements on the walk percentage and does pull away with this thing because he nearly won it last year. He did. And we're talking, we're on the topic of possible Cyongs, obviously. I'm talking about a guy who has won one. I have Shane Bieber at number five. The stuff is still ridiculous. He generates a ton of strikeouts, and the velo is gone. And he can still pitch tremendously. He threw 200 innings last year for the Guardians. He was incredibly good in the postseason. I think if the Guardians are to repeat as division winners, and Spoiler alert, I have them doing that. I think we all do. Yeah. You need Shane Bieber at the helm. I, I like that pick because that, that's not that's not a safe pick because, I mean, he, he's a guy who threw a ton, 200 innings last year, but he wasn't a guy that, like, was, you know, in that conversation of Cy Young. But I really do think that he's going to – I don't know what's going on with this velocity. I don't know what really happened there. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, 200 innings is 200 innings, man, If you can if you can build upon that. I mean, he finished seventh last year. Yes, I mean, that's still a very good season from him. Yeah, and I'd like to go to my number four because I hinted at this in our Astros Mariners episode. And this will be my hot take of the American League Cy Young race. I have the rebounding, rediscovered his deceptiveness, a incredibly difficult release point of Robbie Ray. It is filthy when he is on and he has been unhittable in spring training. (laughs) Because the release points back, the deception is back on his fastball, and that makes and the slider has more sweep than it's ever had before, and I think it plays. Tom, I mean, it's not a safe pick, but it's a good pick. I mean, like I would have, I would have rather picked Luis Castillo to be their Cy Young, um, just because I've seen him. You know, he's got the stuff. They both. Do. I mean, they both do have the stuff. You know, I. I I, I I I like the pick. I like the pick, considering what he's doing in spring training. Um, whether he can keep that up for a full season and not get kind of destroyed like he did last year, yeah, that that is a that's a big one there. But I do like the the the, the spiciness of that take because if it ages well, it will look very good on your part. Um, that would have been a great segue into my number four, except for he's not my number four. Jacob Degrom's my number four. Um. <laughs> What? <laughs> what a great segue, Stavis. Okay, go back, go back. Um, no, nah, I was taking the grounds on number four. I'm going to assume he is, what, Tom, you said 118 innings? I said 115. If he can pitch yeah. like 170. So I, I have him probably a little, like, getting to that, what did we say, 130 when we talked about them the other day. Um, I have him getting into that. So it's enough innings where it'll get him a little higher than Tom had him, but I don't think it's enough innings to get him into that top three conversation. Nice. Are we at number, are we at number four or three? You Mine are. Three? You're on four. I'm at four. You're, you're, you're on four. I'm at my number four spot. I have Kevin Gosman. This is, this is a little bit of an interesting pick, but I really do like what he has. And now that the Blue Jays have built a defense around him, you know, he's kind of a pitch-to-contact type of guy. He's not going to really – actually, he does have extremely high K numbers too. But, you know, when these balls are being put in play, they will now be caught instead of, you know, bobbled, dropped. The, the bad bit will go down. And with that, all of his stats are going to go back up. And with a guy that strikes out already a ton of batters, 
has a low FIP. He's going to be one of the best in the league next year. And I, I, I don't think it's a high. Actually, I, I like this pick. It's a safe pick. Kevin Gosman, former Giant, baby. I love him. No bias. Um, I definitely think there's a little bit of bias there. I don't hate the pick. Um, I mean, it's not the worst one in the world. It's just not the best one in the world. Um, now, here's the great segue. Luis Castillo is my number three. Um, I He had a very – he had a down season, again, like we talked about the other day. Uh, in 2021 um, and he had a kind of an up year last year right and I think he's going to continue that ascension all the way up into top three uh, Cy Young contention especially now that he's on the Mariners for he'll be on the Mariners for a full season he's locked in for the next couple seasons with that extension he signed last year I think he's gonna have a great season I think he's gonna be a top three Cy Young candidate I mean, my number three is a guy that I'm not sure if he's going to meet the threshold of innings pitched because he's a guy that plays uh, both sides of the ball. Uh, it's Shohei at number three. I'm a little bit worried about his innings pitched. I'm not sure if he's going to deal with an injury like he did in his first season. But I, if he pitches any way that he did last season, he will be top three in Cy Young. It's bizarre that he is considered one of the best pitchers in baseball while also being one of the best hitters in baseball. But, I mean, that's just him. That's just Shohei. I think he's going to be top three. Hey, 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 Tom. Yeah. Hey, Tom, me too. Yeah. Uh, I think, okay, I think he will be the best pitcher in the American League. I don't think he'll have the innings to win the award. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm telling you, man. I think there's very few things that are undeniable in this world, and one of them is you will get out against Shohei Otani. Um, I think he only grows, and it's a walk year. If we want to talk yeah. about extra motivation, because, you know, that guy really needs extra motivation to be the best player in the world. Um, it's a walk year. He seems to like the moment, you know, in the World Baseball Classic, he kind of yeah. revved up a little bit. I, I think, yeah, I, 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 that's, that's a great pick, Brad. I, I you love too, that man. Pick. Yeah. Okay. That's a great job. Stas, what about you? Uh, I can't, I cannot agree with that uh, for a little bit because I have Christian Javier coming in at two. Um Again, we've talked about him a bunch. Christian Javier kind of has to come out and be the at least the Cy Young for the uh, Houston Astros. Um, and if he can be, he's going to be the head of whatever monster they're building in that starting rotation. And he's going to come out and he's going to perform at a high level, right? We talked about it the other day. He is the main piece for this Astros organization right now, at least in the starting side of or in the starting pitching side of the ball. He has to perform well, and I think he will. And I think he'll step up to the occasion, especially since he just got that extension. I I thought this would be more of a like a eyebrow raiser, but I, I guess Christian Javier at two is a common theme because I have Christian Javier at two. I mean, when I saw the MLB rankings and Christian Javier was their predicted Cy Young, I was like, what in the world is happening? And then I kind of looked at his stats. I looked at the fan graph predictions, and they have him being good too. Everyone seems to think he's going to be doing good, so I'm like, what's what, what's what's going on? You deep, you dive into his stats. He's Yeah, he's amazing. Um having a 168 expected batting average is like what you'd expect a reliever to have, but he's a starter. Um, if this guy can even meet like 160 innings next year, I think he'll be the clear Cy Young voter getter. Um, strikeout percentage is crazy. Doesn't let up that many walks. He's pretty, he's pretty complete. Um, the only problem is he hasn't really met this innings pitch threshold in his career yet. That was kind of my restriction on him. I would have had him, but I really don't know how many innings he's going to throw. And I do worry. I know he's young, but I do worry about injuries. I can worry about injuries with every pitcher. But yeah, I think that 
He's going to be fantastic. Stebbs and I talked about this when we talked about our Astros. We said that the Astros pitching rotation, he's the only one I don't have questions about, their quality of pitching. The only question I have about him is how many innings is he going to throw. And a guy that I know is going to throw some innings and a guy that's going to be very, very happy shift is gone. And a guy that is going to have not the third worst defense in baseball behind him is Kevin Gossman of the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh man, the way the way you said the innings pitched, I thought you were about to say Garrett Cole was your was your guy. No, there's still there's still no! one more spot, Tom. There's he looked still at one me funny. Spot. He's gonna pick Garrett Cole. I guess that's a good segue <laughs> into my American League Cy Young winner. The guy how you guys somehow forget is an elite pitcher, one of the true aces in baseball, and Garrett Cole. Yeah, I already talked Garrett, about him. Garrett Cole denier. Which is the stupidest thing. I mean, you are a Giants fan, so I have to do I do understand that. Um, nope. Garrett Cole is elite. I don't know how you guys managed to forget that. He's among the best pitchers in baseball in strikeout. He's had a rougher season last year, and those happen. Those happen. And he throws 200 innings pretty much all of the time. And all right, here's the thing the number one stuff plus pitcher in baseball for starting pitchers, Jacob DeGrom. Fair enough. You know, that guy's pretty good. Number two is Spencer Strider. Number three is Garrett Cole. He's got some of the best stuff in all of baseball. He's got three pitches that are well above average in his fastball, his slider, and his curveball. And they just he's, – he's fantastic. And the Yankees need him to be. The Yankees need him to be. And he's – that contract has been worth it. It has. I, I yeah. agree with that. They needed him to eat innings and be effective. He's effective. I – don't know if voters are going to like the fact that he gets absolutely demolished every other start. But because when he has a bad start, he is horrible. But he does have the stuff. It's just sometimes his fastball is like a like a beach ball for some teams. They really just – it's really an on day or an off day for him. I, I like Garrett Cole. Actually, I think I don't he's like going to be Cole. on this, why, this year. You think he's going to be on the whole season? Yes. Yes. I, 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 I think I'm like personally biased against Garrett uh, just because – just, I'm I'm not sure why I dislike I, I don't know I I don't like says go ahead he just kind of looks funny no no um, not the, no, no yeah <laughs> no but I mean I, I I don't disagree with it he was number six on my list like Garrett Cole for a already banged up starting rotation he has to be good they went from probably a top ten starting rotation in the league to now Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez I mean that's not bad. It's not oh, a bad no, one-two punch. And then there's the rest, right? Like, you went from Clark uh, Schmidt. Garrett Cole. You went from Garrett Cole, Carlos Jordan, Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, and Frankie Montes to two of them and Clark Schmidt. Like, Quit cooking them you, you got to start to wonder, man, who is running the Yankees' health health thing? Because they, they get injured Aaron so easily. Boone. <laughs> Boone. Dude, they all get injured. I'm, I'm serious. Like, the Yankees have a serious injury problem. In the last couple of years, they've just been dealing with so many injuries. Stanton going down, Judge going down, obviously before his MVP season, yeah. was a glass person. The whole team is just very fragile. But that doesn't have anything to do with Cy Young. However, I am a little bit worried about Garrett Cole's health, considering how everyone on the Yankees goes down with injuries at a certain he's point. Been, he's been the most consistent, though. He's been that guy, though. Yeah, I got I to gotta agree. But that's my number seven spot. Stevs, who do you got? Speaking of that guy, Shohei Otani is that guy. Um, and he's going to come out after performing at an incredible level during the World Baseball Classic. He's going to come out, perform at an incredible level during the regular season, and then not make the postseason. But we'll get there later. Um, he's going to win 
AL Cy Young. He was a Brad's winner last year, and he's going to come out and just – I think he's going – I don't know if he's going to focus more on the pitching side of the ball, but he is going to meet every threshold that Brad wants him to meet and pass it, and I think he's going to. My number one is not a guy that you guys have mentioned um, at all, which is weird to me. Um, he was a guy that was probably top two. He was, you know, front runner the whole season last year until his injury. Brad knows what I'm talking about. Stez, you probably know what I'm talking about. I knew who it was from the moment you said it. Yeah, it's Shane McClanahan. I, I don't know how you, this didn't make your list I, I at all. For, even the honorable mention spot. I mean, what do you say, Brad? Innings. Yeah. I mean, 166 He's a Ray. innings. Stez. He does get hit decently hard. I'm Actually, no, he doesn't. He's a soft contact guy, actually. Never mind. Um... I like this guy. I mean, he's he's got he's one of the more complete pitchers in the game right now, and especially from the left hand side. That's pretty. That's he's probably one of the best in the league in the whole in the whole game. Um, there's not really a weak spot I can really target him at. I mean, he got he went down with a small injury, but if he didn't go down with that that injury towards the end of the season, he would have been like a 180, 185 innings type of guy. Stevs, he's gonna get hurt. No, Stevs, what is that even? That that's <laughs> the issue. I think he's, he's going to get hurt. hurt. I, I don't know. I, I don't see it. a weak spot. And I mean, I, I don't think he's going to get injured. I mean, going down with one small shoulder injury towards the end of the season that he came back, what, two weeks after it happened is not that severe to the point where I would consider him a guy that's how old you know, is he? plagued with injury. He's 25 steps. He's, he's young. Okay. He's, he's got a I'm young body. Eight, he's going to, he's going to be, he's going to be that guy. Eight. I don't You're think he's going to be that guy. Three AL Cy Young. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Steelers. Shame. All right, all right. Wow, that was a lot of American League Cy Young. That and it's time lot. for National League Cy Young. Oh my God, we're not even oh, done. No. Wait. Um, I think. Okay, here's the thing. I think we'll be a little bit more universal with our MVPs. So, hopefully. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, universality, my number six in National League side voting is Nick Lodolo of the Cincinnati Reds. Jesus. (laughs) No, no, I I actually I actually like that pick because I was actually reading an article the other day that pit that that batters that face Nick Lodolo say that he's one of the hardest pitchers they've ever faced. And I don't know why, because he is not very effective. But Brad He's got the stuff, right? Is it the stuff? He's got the stuff, and it's Chris Sale's release point. Do you not forget what Chris Sale did for a decade? Like, I don't think it clicks fully this year, but I think he strikes out 200 batters in 170 innings. I think it's fairly effective, and I think it's the only positive on the, of the Cincinnati Reds. So, <laughs> I mean, that's not really a fair point. Uh, I'm shocked you went with him over Hunter Green. Um, but I feel like if you pick either of them, I feel like that's probably – I'm not going to say, like, a safe pick, but if you're going to pick one as kind of, like, like not even a long shot, like a mid shot, like, what you have, you would have had to go to one of them. Um, For me, I went with Spencer Strider. Um, I feel like Tom is going to have him higher on this list. Um, But I don't – I just – I'm worried about the injuries. That's That's my big thing for him, right? I think he's going to come in. And he's going to perform very well um, when he does play. And I think he's, he, you might hear about him later. You might. Uh, oh, oh boy. That, that might be a, a safe bet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, coming in at my, 
<laughs> Coming in at my <laughs> number six spot is actually Joe Musgrove of the Padres. I I don't know if if you Brad are you are you a hater of Joe Musgrove or you have him higher on your list? He is a quality number two. I I think he is better than a lot of people give him credit because he's on the Padres. He's you know paired with you Darvish, who also could be in that number six conversation. But I really do like Joe Musgrove. He kind of showed this elite flash of talent in the postseason, and he also shows elite flashes. Of he was pretty consistent last year. Stos. Of the San Diego Padres, he has the best betting odds to win Cy Young. It makes sense. Blake Snell will get hurt. You Darvish is older. Snell is the longest shot, and you Darvish is right in the middle. So. See, I would. I was debating Snell, but it's just like I know he's going to get hurt at some point, so I'm not putting him on my list. He's a very streaky guy, but there, if he does, if he does reach that stride, he is he is very good. So I mean that that would be a good a good pick. Brad, who you got? At number five, I have the back-to-back American League Cy Young winner, Justin Verlander. I think that he will still be very effective. I think he will be what he would have been last year if he wasn't on the Astros, if that makes sense. I think the quality of being with the Astros diminishes when you're not on the Astros. And I think that diminishment is what we see on the New York Knights. But I still think it's very, very good. Yeah, I, I, the reason I left him off this list is just because I don't think he's, he's, he's on the older side. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a sub two ERA type of guy. I mean, that's absolutely bizarre considering how many innings he pitched last year. He actually reached like 175 innings, but you know, age is going to reach him eventually. He's been getting better nearly every season, which is surprising. And if I keep doubting him, he's probably just going to keep playing until he's 70 uh, and win like seven more Cy Youngs. But I, I don't trust the age right now. He's going to prove me wrong again, like he does every year, but. I just don't have him on this list. I think he's a good pick, though. Steph, who you got number five? Justin Verlander. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was debating between him for five or four um, for a little while, and Brad putting him at five kind of solidified him. That, that was the correct decision. Um, again, back-to-back kind of uh, AL Cy Young. Um, he's, he's good. It's just a matter of he's old now. And uh, – What's he going to, is he going to be the same on the Mets? Most likely, but injuries, how the Mets are going to perform. We've already seen one of their star pitchers go down after jumping up and down. Who says Justin Verlander jumps up and down and doesn't die as well. So. Stabs. What? That's what you said. So, yeah. Tom? What? Oh, my five? oh, this is great. Um, I have Max Freed, Fried, Fried, Freed. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm lagging. I'm lagging. I'm lagging. Okay. Fried, 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 fried. I'm like, um, I don't think he's going to be the best pitcher in Atlanta next year. Um, but he'll be pretty good. Um, he will be pretty good. Um, I think he's definitely the best left-handed pitcher in the National League. Um, and I, I okay, Brad, looking at me like Clayton Kershaw is going to pitch 120 innings next year. Yeah, I throw 120 innings. Okay, he'll make it there. 140. Oh, okay. That's that's a target. Okay. <laughs> Ma- Max Fried is is a safe pick here. He's going to, you know, reach the innings. He's going to be effective in those innings. And I think, you know, he's not he's not a free agent this year, but the next season. So he's he's building that resume for when he is a free agent because I do not think the Braves are going to retain him. He's definitely got something to play for and I think he's going to build upon his last season. That is definitely an interesting take. Um I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Because he's not on my list. Um, 
Uh, at number four, I went with Zach Gallen. Um, he's a Brad guy. Uh, I mean, every every he's only gotten better. Uh, Brad had him breaking out what two seasons ago. He didn't quite do that, and then he broke out last season. Um, I think he's going to continue. That. He's going to keep his trend upwards, and I could see him definitely winning a Cy Young within the next two seasons. I just don't think it's going to be this season. Um, I have other guys ahead of him that I definitely think are going to have much better seasons. Um, especially my number one. I'm really excited to get to him. Um, I love Zach Gallen. I do not have him on my list. He's not on my list either. I think he high. takes a small step backwards, but he's still very, very good. A step in the right direction is someone that I think just gets overwritten because of a certain someone will mention later, uh, his teammate. At number four, I have Brandon Woodruff of the Milwaukee Brewers. He is quality. He is beauty. He is grace. He's small town, Mr. United States. Brandon Woodruff is just a quality pitcher who has signs of being an ace multiple times. It got kind of stomped a little bit by injury last season. In the beginning of the season, you know, he kind of looked like horrible. And then down the stretch in the month of July, a 210 array, the month of August, a 270, and the month of September, a 233. That's three Cy Young caliber months after just a really bad start. But that's besides the point. I I was reading up on him yesterday because I was like, why is Brandon Woodruff considered a top 10 pitcher in the league? And I was like, what, what what's the case here? Apparently, he went into the season with like a some sort of condition in his hand or something or some some sort of condition. And immediately he, he didn't immediately tell them it's like like midseason, like, oh, by the way, something's, something's going on with my hand. Or something, someone was wrong, and then they fixed it, and then he became the Cy Young guy. So maybe, you know, given a full season of that, he'll be in that conversation. I just don't know what a full season from him looks like because it's obviously that that injury last year. Uh, uh, he's not on my list, but I definitely like the pick. Um, I feel like, I I feel like all these guys are on a similar plane. Um, and I think he's going. I don't know. I think he's kind of he's like Brad talked about. It, he's kind of like Corbin Burns' light version. Like he's 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 up there, like on his plane. We're just kind of just not as good, not at Corbin Burns' level yet. But again, Tom Tom said it. Maybe a full season of him without that injury will benefit him, and maybe he'll finish in that top ten race, top five race, even. Yeah, Tom, where's your number four? I'm a little conflicted on my number four, but I went with Aaron Nola. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm even lowballing him on this because I really am high on Aaron Nola. Um, I feel like he'll build upon his last season as well. Um, but then again, I look back at his previous seasons, like a couple of years back, and he was he was going you know back and forth between this elite level and this like maybe mid level. Um, but what we saw last season from Aaron Nola was greatness, and I really do think that he has the potential to win a Cy Young this season. There's really nothing that he does bad anymore you know there used to be concerns um of getting shelled but not anymore I he really has become the guy he stepped forward and he's kind of taking the a spot from Zach Wheeler who kind of you know took over in 20 was it 2021 or oh no oh no that There's is a perfect Brad. segue into <laughs> my number three I have Zach Wheeler I like this guy he pitches good uh he was he got stalled by injury last year uh, at the beginning of the season, he was only able to go to 153 innings last year. I think if he had been giving a full season, he would have just been able to repeat his 2021. I don't see why not. I think his 2021, he almost won the Cy Young Award. Like, Burns didn't win unanimously. Wheeler was very, very close to winning it. 
he was still very, very effective last year. He just didn't pitch as many innings as he had. Still had a 282 ERA, and that's after having a 579 ERA in the month of April. Down the stretch, we're going to go down the stretch again because we like that. 165 in May, 243 in June, 248 in July, 090 in September. Yeah, I mean, he, he's pretty good. You know, it seems like, Brad, it seems like you like the guys that are kind of hidden behind the the other, the, the I like bigger guy, you know? I like workhorses. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably, you probably like, yeah, that's why you picked Garrett Cole. Okay, no, but um, I, I, I like how you picked the guy that's kind of, you know, behind Corbin Burns is Brandon Woodruff, pretty much. And then behind Aaron Nola, well, not for long, probably, is Zach Wheeler. But they're both at this more, like, you know, they're kind of covered. They're kind of like. You know, you got to flip the rock over to find him. Steph, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I do know what you're saying. Um, For me, though, at number three uh, is the ace of the Marlins organization. He lasts a very long time. I forgot about Sandy. Holy shit. Uh, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, He lasts quite a while, right? He, he formed, uh, The current reigning NL Cy Young. Um, he's going to go out and uh, last about as long as he did last season. Um, Hopefully to at least the top three finish uh, this upcoming season. Uh, he apparently is not a very memorable player to all of us, but <laughs> um, Tom, where were you at with, with, with your number three? My number three is Spencer Strider. Um, if this guy pitched 200 innings last year, he would have thrown the most strikeouts by a national league pitcher since Randy Johnson in 2002. That's 305 strikeouts, by the way, voters like the strikeout numbers. Um, so even if he could regress slightly on the other numbers, the, the strikeouts are just, they're, they're just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sold on this guy. I get your point on his injuries, but he is young. He is young. He can build upon this. What's I the mean, oblique injury? What's the injury? Yeah. Brad is concerned oblique. about the oblique. Um, and I think that's a little bit concerning to me. Um, but I, I like him. I really think if you get a full season from Spencer Strider, I see no reason why he doesn't win it. That the only concern lies in the innings pitch for me. Brad, where are you uh, at? Brad. Well, number two, I just had to call an absolute audible. Uh, I did have Max Freed, but I could I'll talk about how he he regresses a little bit just because he's a pitch to contact guy. But you know who's also a pitch to contact guy who lasts really long is Sandy Alcantara at number two. Um, I don't know how I just left him out. I think maybe because like when I was going through my list, I had my candidates, and I like if I had like a group of them that I needed to delete, I might have accidentally highlighted him. I just sent him out the door. Um, I have him at number two. And I probably still, if I remade the list, I think I still would probably have him at number two. I think he does take a little bit of a step backwards, but I think he'll lead baseball in innings. Honestly, Brad's hot take of not really hot. He's going to go high, more innings than he did last year. How many did he go last year? 228. Dang. I, I don't know. Was... That, that workload has got to catch up to him eventually. But it's such a simple motion. It's, it's such a simple violent. motion. That's exactly the thing about him. It's so it's so effective. You have guys with extremely violent motion. I mean, Chris Sale, who was a workhorse in his time, but mm-hmm. you know, guys have really violent motions now, and, and he's just such a simple motion. And it appears that you know, it's just a flick of the wrist with him. It's just so <clears throat> so effortless. I don't know. Steps. Yeah. Okay. Um. For me, at number two, I have Corbin Burns. Um, I really like Corbin Burns. Um, I like what he brings to the table. Again, he is, uh, he's he's that guy, right? Um, he might not have have the best situation right now in Milwaukee. It seems like uh, they don't really want him there. 
and that he's the problem uh, in their eyes, which is not true at all. But um, I don't know. I think he's going to go out and prove a lot of people that he is the best, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Maybe not the best in the NL quite yet, uh, in my opinion, this season. But he's going to go out and he's going to perform very, very well and kind of force the the Brewers' hand into deciding what they want to do with him. I think, it's, I think it's a good pick. I had him at my number two as well. Corbin Burns is the second best pitcher in baseball. I don't think second best pitcher in baseball. I think he's the second in the Cy Young race. I think we're talk, talking about talent. It's a different story. But talking about the 2023 Cy Young race, a lot of things can happen. I think I think I think he will reach 200 innings again. I think he'll be pretty effective. I think he'll. I think his next season will look a lot like this season did. So it's going to be a high finish, pretty effective innings, but ultimately falling to my number one spot, which we'll talk about in a minute. Brad, where you at? Why don't you transition to number one? My number one pick is Sandy. Yeah, that's right. I have Sandy as my number. One. I have him repeating as the Cy Young, and that 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 is that is not a hot take for me, baby. I'm. I'm I'm doubling down on that. Sandy is the NL Cy Young back to back years. He will build upon this season. I I I don't know if I agree with Brad and his his take about more innings, but I think he'll meet the innings that he pitched last year. Maybe like, that's like two twenty something. Um, and I think he will pitch better in those two hundred twenty innings. He's looked amazing. And Brad with a good um illustration of Sandy Alcantara on his screen uh, for those viewers that are just listening. Uh-huh. Um, excellent excellent drawing, Brad. Um, he has looked fantastic in spring training and in the world baseball classic. He's unhittable. He will pitch the innings needed. I love this guy. He he's gonna he's going to go back to back. That is my take. Hmm. That's see, I worry about him with like shift stuff, in all honesty. And the Marlins defense in the infield. Yeah, the yeah. infield is quite rough to say the least. Um Yeah, I like I, I again he was number three, so I was a little lower on him. Uh for me. The guy that I have is Aaron Nola. He has everything in the world to prove this season coming up on a contract year. He is going to prove to the Philadelphia Phillies that they have to pay him. Or if you don't, they're gonna he's gonna go somewhere else and get a absolute bag. He's gonna go out, he's gonna win the Cy Young, and he's gonna the he's gonna force the Phillies' hands. I just talked about it with Corbin Burns. It's either you pay Aaron Nola. Or he walks and goes to somewhere that I would like to see him in, in Baltimore or somewhere else even. But I – and I think he's going – he's going to – again, the the Phillies are in a prime position to prove a lot of people wrong and win a lot of ball games they should not win. And a lot of that is going to stem from Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. The best pitcher in baseball will also oh be the National League Cy Young winner, and that is Corbin Burns. You think of pitchers who could, who had decades of dominance, right? You had Kershaw, you had Scherzer, and Verlander the past 10 years. Verlander didn't even succeed the entire decade. He had a rough five year stretch in Detroit. Corbin Burns seems like a pitcher that could have a decade of dominance. And along a decade of dominance, you need your signing awards. And you can't generate. You don't accidentally generate three pitches with a 46% whiff rate or higher. That's not an accident. You don't accidentally have a fire lit under your butt because your team wants to trade. Sure. Let this guy go out and compete with his heart on the line because he will, he's going to get traded next offseason. If he's not traded this season, he's going to get traded in the offseason. No matter what the Brewers do, 
they could win the World Series and he'll still get traded. And I think that motivates someone like Corbin Burns to win the National League side of the league. I wait, where all three of our winners, all three of our winners broke the 200 innings uh, threshold, right? Did Aaron yep. Nola reach it too? Yeah. So that's a that's a good sign there. We all we all pick guys that don't have the injury concern. That last like that's, one? A, that's what I'm saying. Still <laughs> All right, it's finally MVP time. You don't know how many you don't know how many players I wrote down for AL MVP. A lot. Nine. Uh, <laughs> Nine. I'm, I think we're going six and up again. That's fine. That's so, fine. Uh, uh, do me, do me last. I'll do you first, though. Sorry. No. Um, yeah. At number six, I have Mike Trout because he is not going to play 140 games. I don't trust his health. I think I yeah. I had him at second. And then I was like, you know what? What are the odds Mike Trout is healthy for the entire season? Because it's slim. I don't think that he's going to be healthy. I think he'll be elite when he's on the field again. I just... I think that he's a big part of the reason why the Angels don't make the playoffs this year. Because they're going to... Maybe they're pushing for it. Maybe they're competing. They don't trade Otani at the deadline. And then Trout gets hurt. That's a real wrench in the operation. Yeah. Shockingly, my number six is Mike Trout. Wow! Yo! And, and, I mean, for the same reasons that Brad had him at number six, there's a lot of injury concern. Um, And, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, in probably about 15 to 20 seconds, we're going to talk about another guy with injury concern when it gets back to me. But, Stevs, go ahead and give me your number six. I don't have a number six because I kept it at five. So (laughs) I need about 20 more seconds. You're fine. You don't need to have six if you don't want. Okay, that's fine. Number 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 six, Stevs has Gilberto Celestino. No, at number six, I have uh, Brandon Belt of the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, No. Yep. Uh, no, at number five, Dude, I, Tom I thought I, you were serious <laughs> for a second. <laughs> like, no, no, please. Not again, not again. Uh, at number five, I have Mike Trout. Um, I do see the injury concerns. Uh, but also, he just went to the World Baseball Classic and felt that energy. I think that energy is really going to propel him, at least for a large majority of the first half of the season. And if they are in the playoff hunt, it's going to propel him even farther, uh, into the postseason. Probably not, but, um, I do see the injury injury concerns, so I do have him a little lower. We are entering the hot takes. At number five, I have Byron Buxton. I have him having his first 140-game season ever. <laughs> and I really think that, I mean, if you average out his stats, he's a guy that's going to hit 50 doubles and like 40 home runs. It's insane. He is the best player in baseball when he's healthy and on the field. Well, if you if you take his 162 game average, that is Brad. Don't don't look up like that, please. He has the potential to be so good. He just has to be healthy, and I think this is the season. There, my reason for that. I don't know. This uh, maybe maybe you know. I mean, there is no reason. There's a lot of things that you can you know predict by you know you know data analytics or whatever. You know, you look at the you look at the statistics. You can't tell if Byron Buxton's going to be healthy for a whole season. I mean, you can judge by the fact he hasn't played a whole bunch of games, but there's eventually going to be a season, there might be at least, where he breaks out in the sense that he actually plays three quarters of a season. Stevs, what do you think? So uh, I figured out my six, um, and it's Aaron Judge. 
which might be a hot take. I don't know. Um, I'll judge that based on how we get deep later. Um, but I don't that. think I don't think we're that was not okay. Um, I don't think he's. I think he's. I mean, obviously, he's going to regress from last year, and I don't know how how much he's going to propel the Yankees. Right, the Yankees are probably not going to be the greatest team because their pitching staff's already banged up and their offense is not the greatest. Um, so I think I, I don't, I just don't think everything's going to fit together kind of like it was last year. And I don't think he's going to reform at the same level. Uh, okay. So Tom, you, no, I think Tom, uh, said, I, I said, I said trout, Tom said Buxton. I said Julio Rodriguez. Okay. Uh, okay. Julio Rodriguez is my number five. I see him honestly 30 30. That is where I was at for Julio Rodriguez. I think we are going to see a more offensive season, but not a juice ball season. I think we're going to see a higher batting average type season. I think we're going to see more stolen bases. And I think one of the forefront players in this category is Julio Rodriguez. It's definitely fair. Um, That's a good segue into my number four, which isn't Julio Rodriguez. But is Adley Rushman? This is my hot take. It's not a hot um, take. I feel like that's a hot take. Him being in the top in the He's top five of in the top five of MVP voting when the I don't I don't have the Orioles making the playoffs. I don't. I think I feel like that's kind of a hot take. I don't know. That might. Just, I guess. I guess I'm wrong. But uh, I think Adley Rushman is going to put everything together this year and really show that the Orioles can be a competitive organization and make them a competitive organization that people want to come to in the next offseason. I like it. I was actually thinking about him myself, but I was like, there's just certain players I can't put him above. And that's fair. Tom? Brad, four? you want to go in? Oh, oh I'm going four? I, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Okay. I think this guy's going to have a bounce back and, you know, perform at the level that he did two years ago. And I think that's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think he's going to play like he did in 2021. Um, and, I mean, there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made. Actually, there's not. I mean, they just – pitchers just adjusted to him. And, that, and now he's going to have to kind of adjust the pitchers. He needs to learn how to hit high fastballs. We talked about that before, I believe. Um, and if he makes that adjustment, he gets the bat speed back up. He's going to be a guy that can, you know, launch balls into the air. And he doesn't have to worry about, you know, hitting it hard because nearly every ball that comes off his bat is hitting hard. So, I mean, it's just about, you know, making contact with those high fastballs. And he's, he's going to make that adjustment. I think he finishes top five. See, I do not have him on my list this year. I think he finishes – I think he will be somewhere in between his 2021 and 2022 form. We talked about this on our whole Blue Jays prediction. I think he'll find an area between the two. Um, I don't know how he won a gold glove last year, in all honesty. Uh, obviously, like sometimes you can grasp things with defensive metrics, but you won a gold glove with negative four outs above average. Sorry, that that's a sidebar, but like, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> My number four is Jordan Alvarez. I think he might be the best hitter in the American League this year, but you're so far restricted of what you can do. Stas forgot Jordan Alvarez. Uh, you're so far restricted on your capabilities as a designated hitter, and I think that's just what holds him down to four. That's what I was saying. I didn't have on my list actually. Well, he was. He was. You know what he was? He was number nine. Oh. Um. He was on the list. He just didn't make the top six. Um. Stevs, you want to start us off with the number three? Not particularly. <laughs> I want to hear. Why is that? 
Because I forgot Jordan Alvarez was a player, even though we literally just talked about him. All right, since he's not in the list. Nah, we're going to go. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my guns. Okay, Wander Franco is going to be uh, number three in AL MVP. Um, I think he's going to be healthy the entirety of the season and be a huge piece in the Tampa Bay Rays making the playoffs. And I think he's going to. It, it, I mean, when he is healthy, he is a top 10 shortstop in baseball. He's just not healthy, and he's still a top ten shortstop in baseball. So, what does that what does that lead to? An MVP? I'm not judging you. I actually like that pick. Yeah, I actually I like, like that it. pick a lot. I just think yeah. that you can't call him an injured. He had one injury season, and he's 21. Yeah, I, I, he'll be I all mean, right. he'll he's be been in he's been in two seasons. That's yeah. the, you, you understand my point. No, I yeah, like the I like the pick. I think he's going to break out as well. I just think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a repeat of his 2021, just over a full campaign, if not a little bit. Yeah. Better. And I just I think I think the voters like this firepower, you know, hidden for power. And I mean, Wander Franco is going to be great, but he's just not going to, you know, bring. I think, but I think he's going to bring the flair of every like the defensive flair along with his bat. Not as much pop, but he's going to be a more well-rounded type of of flashy player. I like that. My number three, I have Shohei Otani, um, and you know, to have Shohei this this low. Um, just feels wrong. Turn some heads. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know why he's up here. You just don't know why he's down at three. <laughs> um, I wanted to provide my number one and two picks with you know a lot of like a lot of hot takes, and I really do expect my number one and two guys to be good. And I expect Shohei. I'm not expecting him, but there's a there's a there's a decent chance that he goes down with an injury similarly like he did in 2021 or 20 yeah, with the 2020. Is it when did he come up? 2018. 2019. Yeah. So that is my reasoning. Do I not speak that into the universe. I'm not speaking. Please don't. If if he gets hurt, I'm gonna No, I just I know, what I know Shohei Shohei is the MVP. He's the best player in baseball. And if he plays a whole season, he's gonna win the MVP. That's just how it is. But I think there's gonna be some players that have breakouts, and I, I don't want to pick him for that reason. At number three, I had the reigning American League MVP winner and Aaron Judge. I think that you can be injured for a couple of years and get labeled an injury plague player, or you can genuinely just have a couple injuries. I think that's what happened. I think he's healthier now, and that's better for baseball. He's going to get more days at DH. He's flat out said that he's not going to dive in the outfield unless it's the postseason. That's pretty good for your long-term health, in all honesty. And even a fallback from last season, even a 15% regression is still elite. Like the dude broke the home run record last year. Fifteen percent regressions, forty-six home runs. That's twenty-five percent, excuse me. But like that's the dude's ridiculous. I think he's legit. I at first I know we were questioning like the size and he's able to do it. And he just went out and had one of the best seasons of all time. Even a step back is still a leap. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, again, I had him after some digging. Uh, had him at number six. Um, Tom, where was he in your nine players? There's eight. Dead it was eight. There it was go. eight. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, go ahead. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off to number two. Um, this is where I had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, I like I said, I kind of half mentioned earlier. I think the Blue Jays are now with the Yankees sucking um i think the blue jays are going to take a take take that opportunity and i 
think Vladdy Jr. will make the adjustments necessary to hit the pitching that he couldn't hit last season. Um, and I think he even might take a step up defensively. He doesn't really need to as a first baseman, but um, I think having a defensive first baseman that you can trust makes your infielders better. And I think if he can do that and lead the team, um, especially into the postseason, I think that that's something that has to be spoken into existence. I think you're Red. forgetting about someone on your list, Dems. Probably. And I think Tom has this guy, at least in his top two, if not winning the whole thing. It's Jose Ramirez. No. Actually, uh, he should be in that list, but there's another guy that I that I not take. Oh, I know who one of your two is. I just figured it out right now. But at number two, I have Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians. Did we forget how good this guy is? Like, did no, but just... I feel like he's just going to go underrated because he's on the Guardians. It doesn't matter. The dude's it been does. in the top five MVP in the past five years, I believe. Is that, I, is, do I have that number wrong? Like, Jose Ramirez. Let's see. Baseball reference. Hmm. Let's see. MVP three. MVP three. Did not place. MVP two. MVP six. MVP four. We just forget how good this guy is. And this is the, he played the second half of last season with a broken thumb that required surgery. And he was still 48% above league average. He's back with two thumbs. I'm calling an audible. Yeah, I'm calling an audible. Jose Ramirez at two. I, I like I like that pick. I, I forgot about that because I was reading up on him too, that he, that he did deal with that thumb injury. He's also a guy that's going to benefit from the shift ban along with the bigger bases. I think he's a guy that might be a 30-30 guy. If not, maybe even a 40-40 guy. Steps, where are you lying on this? Who was at two? For me? Yeah. I will not name him. It was... You have, I, I, I'm not saying <laughs> I, wanted like to, I wanted to I wanted to do a hot take, but I don't think it's a good take. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like to... I feel like Vladdy Jr. is my hot take. Um, being no, my in... hot take is my number one pot, my number one spot, but number well, two I know is who like your number hotter. one is. I think you, I know who it is, but I'd like to hear who this number two was. Uh, we, we, we need to know. <laughs> it was, was freaking Kyle Tucker, man. I, <laughs> I, I really thought, I really think he's a guy that might, you know, despite looking like a, a post office guy, he might be a 40-40 guy. He has extreme speed. Well, not extreme speed. He's just, he's smart on the bases. It, don't laugh at me. I'm not laughing at the pick. I'm laughing at the post office. Um, I really, I really <laughs> like, I like this guy. And I think he's got the power threat. He's got a speed threat. He's got the glove. He could be a guy that steals 30 bases hits 30 home runs, wins a gold glove. He's going to be stacking up war next year. He is going to be a war accumulator because he, he performs on all sides of the ball. I like Kyle Tucker. <laughs> I don't, oh I don't, I don't hate the pick Tom. It's just, it's just that you were so upset that you forgot about J J Ram and you just were like, I can't pick Kyle Tucker anymore. I can't do it, Kyle. Please. No, we got to know. Let's go. Number one, the AL MVP, the best player in the American League, that's better than some, uh, some very good players, is Corey Seager of the okay. Texas Rangers. I I think this guy will go absolutely bonkers without the shift on him. I mean, he's been showing it in spring training. He's been balling out there. I think he's going to be a guy that might even crack 1,000 a, a OPS. He's not a speed threat. Don't worry about that. Um, his glove is about league average now. It's been improving. 
Um, and he's been a guy every year under the hood is just waiting to break out in this season with the one change that was stopping him, which is the shift, is now gone. What is stopping him from having a monster year? There's nothing stopping him. I think he's going to be one of the best hitters in all of baseball next year. Consistency. He's, no, he's – nah. He's consistently he good consistent under the radar. Year. Yeah. Um, no, that's more – yeah. So I'm going to go to the other team that we kind of lumped with them, which was the Angels, and I'm going to go with Shohei Otani. Um, I think he is the first person that's ever won Cy Young and MVP uh, in the same year. No. No? He didn't win Cy Young. Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, Vita Blue. I am Stevs. I meant like, so what I was trying to say is like for, for, because he's a two-way player, like MVP. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Uh, That was, yeah, that was a bad, okay. I'm trying to say, like he, I know what you're batting going, right? size, like, the batting yeah. side and the pitching side combined two players, one player, MVP and Cy Young. There we go. Um, he, I, I mean, what more do you have to say about him? Like he's an electric player. He's just never gonna play in the postseason long as he's in an Angels uniform. But his last year in an Angels uniform, he's gonna win both. I'm sticking to my narrative that the Los Angeles Angels are in contention at the playoff deadline in their in their opinion. They failed to trade Mike Trout. Mike Trout gets injured. But you know who stays on that team? Shohei Otani. And he wins the award because it takes a historic season to beat him. I don't think anyone has a historic season quite like Judge did. What if what if Kyle Tucker pitches though? What if what if Kyle Tucker becomes like uh the best pitcher in the American? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't back up my takes anymore. That's all I have to say. <laughs> But I think we're going to more of a more of a safer pick, hopefully the NL MVP conversation. I feel like this is, you know, among the, the easier ones to go over. Brad, would you agree on this one or no? I hope so. Okay. Do you have six? I only have five for this I one. You six. want to just do five? Okay. I can find it. I don't say no, okay. I want to disagree with Tom. This is what? not gonna end well. Oh, okay. Uh, right, so at, Brad, start no, with your six. At number six, I have Fernando Tatis Jr. I love that pick. I love that pick. That's mine too now. You remember how, like, he was sucking in spring training? Now he's good. I know. He's godly in spring training. The guy saw major league pitching again, and now he's fantastic. It's like Fernando Tatis is a good baseball player or something. I hate him, but. <laughs> I was like, I was like, just when Brad was about to admit that he likes Fernando Tatis, it was over as soon as, as soon as I thought that. Yeah, it, I think he'll be good. He's not, I think he'll be a mvp two mvp three type player he's just gonna are there's already a maximum of like 144 games he could play it's fernando Tatis. he's gonna get hurt like i think he's still ridiculously good 30 30 uh, season i, I mean That's so oh god steps had him like at number one no i think fernando tatis has some extreme upside and brad as long as you take away his bike privileges, I don't think he's got much of a. I don't think he's got much of an injury problem. I don't think he's like an injury prone guy. No, um, I got him one of those scooters you know, that you see in the old people's homes, like the the the, the fail safes. The one that like beeps uh, really loud when you back yeah. up. No, yeah, he's got to use say. like the handicap ramp. No stairs allowed. Um, his locker is padded. The shower it can only yeah. have like lukewarm water. Yeah, because he could burn himself by accident or freeze himself. Thanks. Or Tom. yep, you never know. I think um, it's a great pick. For me, six was either Fernando Tatis Jr. or Mookie Betts. Um, would you like me to disagree with you and go with Mookie Betts, Brad? I would like for you to go with your heart. 
I'm going to go with Fernando Tatis Jr. Then I want to fit in. Um, I mean, they've kind of they kind of talked about him, but I will talk about Mookie Betts a little bit. I mean, the big thing for me is going to be injuries. I don't know, like, how much injuries are going to play into this season for him. Um, and I mean, he's he is incredible when he is on the field. It's just a matter of him being on the field. Um, he's got to be a really really big kind of captain for this uh team that kind of lost a lot of their star power. Well a lot of their star power. They lost like five guys, but like five guys. Speaking huh. of five guys, uh, my number five spot is Frederick Friedman of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And Brad, are you on the same page? We're as on me? the same page. Oh my God, Stabs, Stabs. Oh my <laughs> Freddie, he's going to hit for contact. He's probably the best, one of the best pure hitters in the National League, if not all of baseball. Um, number one first baseman in all of baseball as well over the former MVP, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Um, there's there's not much to dislike about him. Uh, going into you know an older season, that's probably the only concern I can have about him. He's one of the best hitters in the game. I'm at five with him. Steph's at five with him. I don't yeah. think he'll be the best first baseman in baseball this year. At number four, I have Matt Olson of the Atlanta mm-hmm. Braves. A victim of the shift, it is gone. He can hit the ball as hard as anyone when he hits the ball. You know when the Braves get people and they, like, squeeze them for 1% of their contract to go to the Atlanta Braves Foundation? They're, like, really squeezing him. And I think he's their guy, one of their guys. I think the fact that he hits the ball hard 51% of the time, that's a pretty good thing to do. He has a very good walk tool. It's a high expected Woba constantly. He had a bad season for himself last year. A bad season was a 347 expected Woba. That's, that's a pretty good bad season. Um, my number four is Manny Machado of the Padres. I I don't know what, what there is to dislike about him. Um, I mean, there's two third basemen that probably have to. Yeah, there's probably. The, yeah, I, I really think that there's not much to take away from him at this point. Um, other than the fact that he's going to be in an even more stacked lineup, considering that they got Tatis and Bogarts back now. Um, that's going to take away from his stardom as a Padre. I mean, he was the Padre last season, you know, being the guy that stepped up. But, um, I mean, what's to say he doesn't replicate the season? I, I, I like him for my number four. Um, that is an interesting number four take. But I'm a little closer to Brad, uh, except in the outfield with Ronald Acuna Jr., um again he's kind of he's got to put it all together um this year with with he needs to be 100% healthy that's what I'm trying to get at and I think he will be 100% healthy he played decently well in the world baseball classic he wasn't anything crazy wasn't a showstopper like we kind of wanted him to be um but I think now that he when he comes back in uh this upcoming season with the Braves I think he's going to show out and he's going to show that he is a top five outfielder in baseball that's a pretty nifty segue into my number three what is ronald Acuna jr um i i'm high on the braves this year as you guys might not have uh until i don't know if you guys have updated your standards since edwin diaz got hurt i have the braves winning the national league east and to topple a team like the mets you need to have mvp caliber players i think riley's austin riley's going to take a small step back he's still very very good i think we'll take a small step back and I think Ronald Acuna Jr. will take a step back to where he belongs. And 
four and three for Olsen Acuna is a pretty good recipe for beating the New York Mets, if you ask me, especially for me not having Freed nor Strider in my Cy Young top six. So this is a good segue into mine. Um because I have a hey, what do you, I have, so I, have I have a I have a Met. I have a Met on my list, and it's it's Pete Alonzo. I think he's gonna have the best season of his career. He has become such a better contact hitter since his first season while still maintaining his power. I think he puts it both together, puts it together and has a good contact and power season. He's going to hit 50 home runs, hit like 290, and that's going to be enough to put him in that top three conversation for MVP. I see no reason why he doesn't because he's been getting better every single season of his career. Uh, he was MLB The Show's pick uh, for MVP, so not a terrible pick. When they ran a simulation. So you can think of that as either a good thing or a bad thing. That's a pretty decent segue into my guy, who's a Philly, and the best shortstop in baseball in Trey Turner. Uh, He had a World Baseball Classic to remember, and I think it's going to continue into the regular season. It already continued into the spring training, um, and I think it's going to continue into the regular season. He needs to be the face of at least the offense and defense of the Philadelphia Phillies, at least until Bryce Harper gets back. And I think he will be. I like that pick. I mean, I it's it's hard for Trey Turner to, the, you know, bring in crazy votes just because he doesn't hit for power, doesn't have a crazy glove. But the speed is definitely going to help him out there. I mean, he he's does it's not like he – I'm not going to say he hits for power because he doesn't. But, like, he can hit – he hits he hits home runs. Not last year, maybe. It was kind of disappointing last year. That's fair. Um. I have Trey Turner at number two because speed kills and the gaps are going to play at Citizens Bank Park. Doubles become triples. Trey Turner can feast on shorter, shorter porches. And I feel like there's something to be said that I feel like he wasn't fully in Los Angeles. Oh, no, not at all. He did not like being on the West Coast. He's an East Coast guy. And no matter how much he wants to deny it, he's an East Coast guy. He plays better when he's on the East Coast. And he's been in the playoffs almost his whole career. And he needs to beat that guy that helps the Phillies get there right now. Because Harper's gone for three months. Real Muto's solid, but he can't carry a team. Hoskins is gone. Castellanos, we don't know what he is. Kyle Schwarber will be there. He'll hit a home run. But you need Trey Turner to be Trey Turner if you want to make the postseason. I Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I'm going to go to his uh, former Nats teammate in Juan Soto. Uh, he is my number two spot. Um, I think he, with the shift ban and everything, uh, I think everything's going to click at the right time, and he's going to have a monster season. Um, and I think, I definitely think that he's going to be, like, I, I'm not going to say the face of the Padres because I have a guy in front of him, but I think he's going to be the the mo- one of the most important pieces on the San Diego Padres. It's going to be in- incredible to watch him play this season. Um, my number two is I, I don't know how he didn't make your list. Maybe maybe Brad has him, but Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals. I I mean, compared to you know the other batters in the MLB, um, because I mean obviously OPS plus and like you know the plus stats weigh it compared to the rest of the league. This was his best hitting season. You know, coming out of cores. Um, kind of proving everyone wrong. He was one of the best hitters, you know, weighted on that scale in baseball last year, while also being one of the best gloves in baseball, um, if not the best glove at their respective position. He's been good for a while. I mean, I know he gets some bias because his name is Nolan Arenado, but he's still very good in the field. We all know he's electric. 
And he's providing such value to the Cardinals right now. And I mean, this is probably the fleece of the century when it comes to that trade. Um, that's besides the point. That's just another bash on the Rockies. Cat- Sorry, you had to stick you. Had it's to, the had Rockies. To, yeah, it's like... the keyboard. Yep, yep. Um, only real ones get that reference. No, but Nolan Arenado going to go out there, hit 30 home runs again, probably have a 950 OPS season while also finishing second in MVP race, while also probably winning a gold glove again. So he he's a very complete player. I think he's a safe bet for my number two. He's not the best defensive third baseman. Oh, um, he's talking about Cabrera. Okay. <laughs> yeah, at number one. No. <laughs> <laughs> at number one, I have one Jose Soto Pacheco, the best, second best hitter in baseball, second best left-handed hitter in baseball, someone who got unlucky last year and was still fantastic. Juan Soto is primed for a breakout. He's seen the ball in San Diego finally. And Tom, what else you got on him? Uh, I got the fact that he's my number one as well. Um, I, I I believe he's hitting like 700 in spring training. Um, let, me, let me pull that up for y'all real quick. He is batting 571 right now with a. And yeah, I mean that's not a big sample size, but you know it's just you know more proof he didn't need it already. Um, that he is thriving uh, without the shift, and I mean he did well in the in the World Baseball Classic. You know, providing some electricity for the Dominican Republic. Fortunately, it was not enough for them to even make it out of pool play. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but Juan Soto is going to – I think he's going to, by the end of the season, cement himself as the best hitter in baseball. Uh, I definitely like that. I went with his teammate, though, in Manny Machado. Um, he was, was – he was he was second last year, right? He just missed out. He was second in MVP last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to – he just got that big extension. I think he's going to come out and he's going to perform incredibly well. Like the the Padres have three guys that could possibly win Cy Young this year, or not Cy Young MVP. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, that could possibly win MVP this season. So, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong for any of those three if you pick any of those three. We've made it through awards. Thank God, Good job, guys. All right, now it's playoffs time. We've told the story of the regular season, but now we also have to tell the story of the postseason. Where heroes are made, where Bryce Harper hits big, big home runs. Where do you want to do? You got, do you guys have your standings written out? Like just your seating? Like not the records. Just I have yes, I have my seating written out. I okay. have everything written out. For, yes, I have. Um, yep. Okay. Yeah. So Tom, kick us off with your American League seating. Okay, so at the number one seed in the American League, I have the Houston Astros. Second seed, I have the Blue Jays. Third seed, I have the Guardians. Fourth seed, I have the Yankees. Fifth seed, I have the Rays. That's a tiebreaker, but the Yankees did win the tiebreaker in my in my Tom simulation. And not, number six, we got the Mariners. So those are the six teams that will be making the playoffs. All right, Stavs? Okay, hold on. I'm currently writing them down, so that way it's easier for me to read. Um, Brad, you want to go ahead first? Go. Sure. I have the Astros in first. I have mm-hmm. the Blue Jays in second. I have the Guardians in third. I have the Yankees in fourth, but I have the Mariners in fifth and the Rays in sixth. Darn it. <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm assuming you made the audible based on the Yankees pitching uh, health. Yeah. Fair and enough. just the fact they have like three or four rookies playing every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have the Astros at one, the the Blue Jays at two, the Guardians at three, the Yankees at four, the Mariners at five, and the Rays at six. All right, so you agree with Brad. Okay. Yes. So I, so original, originally I had 
the Yankees at one or at two. Is that two? Uh-huh. But I, it's just with the the starting. They don't have they have nobody to pitch. Like who? Who are you gonna have pitch? All right, so in, in the first round, we have the Astros and the Blue Jays. For all of us getting the, the series by, they get the week off. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into my first wild card, uh, let's go into our first prediction. I have the Guardians versus the Mariners. And I actually have the Mariners upsetting the Guardians in two games, a two-game sweep, some would say. Um, I just think this Mariners team is going to get hot at the right time. And there's not much to like – there actually is a lot to back that up. I think they're starting pitching. Their one-two punch is better than the Guardians. I think they have a better offense than the Guardians. And I, I ultimately think that they are going to outperform. I mean, the Guardians, for a division winner, are not going to be as good as the Mariners. Um, so I don't think that's a hot take. And then I have the Yankees versus the Rays. And I actually have the Rays taking it in three games. Okay. So for me, I have uh, Astros and Blue Jays get the bye. Um, and I have Guardians versus Rays. And I have Mariners versus Yankees. I think that Mariners versus Yankees series is going to be extremely, extremely electric. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have the Mariners taking it in three. I think if the Mariners can take one of the first two, um, because I am under the assumption that they will be without at least two of their starters, because Montes is already out, so they'll be at least without one of the other four. Um, once, if as soon as the Mariners can, if they can get that to game three, I think they take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Guardians versus Rays, I have the Guardians sweeping them. Ooh, big Guardians guy. Um, big Guardians guy. Uh, I have the same like structure as you. I have Guardians versus the Rays. I have the Rays in three. Uh, I think Glassnow will be ready. I have Glassnow, McClanahan, and Rasmussen in a three-game series. Sign me up for that. Uh, I got the Rays in three. And then I have the Mariners sweeping the Yankees in the Bronx. In two games. Yeah. That sounds the Yankees just aren't as much of a threat as I initially thought. I just don't think – and especially, in a, you know, Garrett Cole gets those, you know, counting stats. He's a workhorse. But in a one-game, you know, decided, I don't think he's that guy. Um, but moving on to the division series. Wait, is this the – no, this is the champion. Yeah, this, this is the champion. ALDS. It's the DS. Okay, a- ALDS. We have – I have the Rays at the Blue Jays, and I actually have the Rays taking it in four – um as brad mentioned this starting rotation is a monster to face and i truly believe that this Rays rotation cancels out the blue jays offense in this series and then i have the mariners at the astros a repeat of last year um and i have the mariners revenge series in five i believe that the mariners offense will go berserk in this series and there's a lot of players on this team that can, you know, step up for this team. And I don't think the Astros are as big of a threat as they were in the past. I think the question mark with starting pitching will be answered by the end of the season. Um, but right now, I'm just not sold that their starting rotation will be enough to hold down the fort for a playoff push. Interesting. Um, Steve? Okay, so I have uh, Blue Jays versus Guardians and Astros versus Mariners. So the Astros-Mariners, same as Tom. I have the Astros in five, though. I think the Mariners are going to give one heck of a try. But I think they're going to fall just short yet again. Um, and then Blue Jays versus Guardians. I have Guardians in five. I really like the Guardians this year. I think they are going to be very good and kind of lock lock up the Blue Jays on a lot of different things. So I have the Houston Astros going against the Seattle Mariners. And I have the Mariners taking that in five. I think this is... I think the Mariners know what it's how to beat the Astros in the postseason. 
And I think they finally do it. And then I have the Blue Jays versus the Rays. And I also have that going five, but I have it going to the Blue Jays because I think the Rays lack in depth in the postseason. You can always make an adjustment in the regular season, but once it gets to depth, I think the Blue Jays can beat the Rays. Oh, right. okay. So going into the championship series, this is the big yeah. one here. This is, you know, winner goes to the World Series to play the NL, which is, uh, we'll get to in a minute. But um, I have the Mariners at the Rays to start. Um, and I actually have the Mariners winning this series in six. I I really I really have faith in this Mariners starting rotation. I, I, I know there's some question marks, but I really think that, like Brad mentioned earlier in the episode, Robbie Ray will return to form, not not necessarily Cy Young form for me, but, but I do think he'll be effective enough to, you know, get a win in the postseason. I really have trust in Luis Castillo as well. You know, guys like George Kirby, I think, have potential to break out. I mentioned him, I think you guys mentioned him in the episode earlier. I think if he develops a second pitch, there's a lot of, a lot of potential there. And then there's another guy in Logan Gilbert who also was working on a secondary pitch this offseason, which might help his effectiveness. I, I'm pretty confident in the starting rotation. Then you get into the lineup and you have – one of the best offenses in baseball as well. So I, I really do have faith in this Mariners team to make their first World Series push ever. I like that. I, I, I really do, and I wish that could be the case, but I don't have it going that way. I have Astros versus Guardians, um, and I have Astros in six. Um, I think they're going to be a little too much for the Guardians to handle, um, no matter how much we want that Cinderella story to come through. Um, and I don't think you guys did this, but I did CS MVPs, um, and I had, uh, Jose Altuve as the, uh, ALCS MVP. That's a, that's a take because he's pretty good in the postseason. He's pretty good. Pretty much. Um, in the ALCS, I had what I think would be the most fun series of the entire postseason. In the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Seattle Mariners in a seven game series in which the Mariners are victorious in seven games. Because why not? It's baseball. Julio Rodriguez becomes a star. Cal Rally hits a big home run. He's got a thick butt. And the other Mariners do good too. And now we got to go to seeding in the National League because we can't just go to the World Series immediately. You know, they need to have an opponent. Tom, kick it off. So I'm actually going to tank the Mets. No, no, I'm not. I'm going to have the Mets winning the um, going in the number one spot. Padres in the two. Cardinals in the three. Braves in the four. Dodgers at the fifth spot and then the Phillies at the sixth spot. Unfortunately, my Giants missed the playoffs. I hate this game. <laughs> Not surprising. Um, for me, I have the Padres at the one, Braves at the two, Cardinals at the three, Dodgers at the four, Mets at the five, Phillies at the six. Um, yeah. Tom, I will say I actually did look into considering the Giants, but this is basically like everything going right, and Mitch Hanniger has a strained oblique. I know. I saw that. It's it's annoying. And th- there has to be a lot that goes wrong. I mean, these are six of the best teams in baseball. And, you know, unfortunately, if there's going to be a team that would falter, it would be the Cardinals, but they have to make it because they're from the Central. So, like, a team a team's going to be like I feel like I feel like t- Brad might have something to say on that, Tom. Who was fourth what? in my Cy Young voting? Brandon Woodruff. Who was first in Cy Young oh, voting? Oh, no. Oh, no. No. In the one seed, I have the Atlanta Braves because the winner of the East is, should be the one seed. Should be. In the TCU, I have San Diego Padres, and in Brad's hot take of the postseason, the Milwaukee Brewers in the three seed. It is not because the Cardinals' offense is bad; it is because they don't pitch at all. They have no starting pitching; they're all dead. Adam Wainwright's already hurt. Miles Michaelis is not that good. 
Jack Flaherty can't stay healthy. Steven Matz can't stay healthy. Who's their fifth starter? That's my point exactly. Jordan Montgomery, he, you know what? He can go be good. Good for him. I don't think that'll last up to what the Brewers can be. And I think the Brewers do reach some amount of potential this year. The fourth seed, I have the Mets, the fifth seed, the Dodgers, and the sixth seed, the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. So that gives, so, for all of us, the buy series for the Mets and the Padres. No. Um, wait, wait, st- wait. No, so, wait, no, the Mets so, were so not. The Braves. Those are the Braves. Okay, for me, yeah. I had the Mets and the Padres having the bye to start. In the wild card series, I had the Phillies at the Cardinals, and the Phillies take that in two games because the Cardinals are a fake postseason team. They're not built for it. Um, they didn't make any uh, offseason moves to get any pitching, so they are not going to succeed in the postseason. Then I have the Dodgers at the Braves, and I have the Braves sweeping this series. Um, I, I mean, they have one of the best one-two punches in baseball along with one of the best offenses in baseball, and I just don't think the, Do- the Dodgers are ready for that. Um, and I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. What do you guys have? Um, so I have Cardinals Phillies and then I have Mets Dodgers, uh, Cardinals Phillies, Phillies taking it. I mean, Tom kind of said it Phillies in three. Um, but I could definitely see them sweeping, uh, Cardinals, uh, unless Wainwright has a stellar game one or Michaelis is something in game two, then the, the Cardinals have no chance to beat the Phillies. Um, Mets versus Dodgers. Um, I think the Dodgers are going to win game one pretty handily because the Mets are going to come in and kind of like not treat them with any sort of like care. They, they're they going to come in and be like, oh, it's the Dodgers doesn't really matter that much. And they're going to get spanked in game one and then come back and absolutely uh, beat the crap out of them in games two and three. Um, and then they head on to the uh, division series. That sounds like my Dodgers um, in the wild card. I have the Milwaukee Brewers versus the Philadelphia Phillies. I have the Phillies in three. I think in a head-to-head series, the Brewers aren't that good. I just have them being better over 162 games than the Cardinals. Uh, not that either of them could really give a good shot at the Phillies. Who who do you think loses for them? Is it Woodruff? The bullpen. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I got th- you with that. Like Woodruff and Burns could shove for six, seven innings. It's just you got to get someone to get to Devin Williams. Yeah. Or if you deploy Williams early, someone's got to close the game. Um, and then in Mets versus Dodgers, I have the Dodgers sweeping them. I don't take the Mets seriously as a postseason team. Like the Dodgers have their own postseason stuff. I think they can beat up the Mets in the postseason and then go lose. Sure. That's good. That's good. Um, so then I have um Let's see. I have the Braves at the Mets, and uh, I have the Braves in five. I mean, this Mets team is pretty um, top heavy in the rotation. I think the um, I think that you know the three headed monster Verlander, Scherzer, and maybe Senga could come away with a game. Um, but then again, the Braves have a better three headed monster. So there's just not much going for the Mets here in the, in this in this series. And I think the Braves will kind of you know own the Mets the entire regular season as well while also still losing the division. Um, then I have the Padres versus the Phillies, and I have the Padres sweeping the Ooh. series. I have the Padres absolutely obliterating the Phillies and just rolling through. Interesting. Um, for me, I have Padres-Mets. I have Padres in five. They feel very similar, at least in my head, um, and I think they're going to stack up pretty similarly um, when they face each other. Um, and then Braves versus Phillies, I have Braves in four. Um, I think the Braves are kind of kind of stomp on the Phillies. That's fair. Um, 
I had in the DS, I had the Braves versus the Dodgers. I have the Braves on four. Back to the Dodgers doing their normal thing in the postseason. Um, and the Braves are really good too. And then Padres versus Phillies, you know, a little revenge series for them. I have it down to the wire. Padres in game five, they called the to no no Joe and he big balls the Padres. Or the he no, he big balls the Phillies. He has big balls for the Padres. All right, moving on to the championship series. I have the Padres versus the Braves. And this my hot take here isn't that the Padres will win because they're going to win. My hot take is that they're going to roll through them just like they did with the Phillies. And I have them winning in five games, going to the World Series. I there There's not much going wrong with this Phillies team, with this Padres team. They have the bullpen. They have the rotation. I honestly, and keeping in mind that Blake Snell will be healthy for the postseason. This is me taking that into consideration. You don't you don't get a full season from Blake Snell, but if you get postseason innings from Blake Snell, and keep in mind he was in that postseason and he got pulled early, um, he's gonna want to you know fix that. His wrongs, Brad. Wait, wait, Will yeah. he be able to go to the lineup for the third time? No, but they have the bullpen to you know stop. <laughs> he'll he'll stop. He'll have, they have the bullpen. They have everything that they need. They have like this infinity gauntlet, and they they really assembled this entire squad pretty well, and. Honestly, you can have a guy give up, go up there and get shelled, give up six runs in, in an outing, and they can still provide the run support because this is one of the best offensive lineups in baseball. You know, granted, Juan Soto's playing at that level, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis. This is one of the best lineups in baseball, and I just, I just don't see any team stopping them, even this three-headed monster of the Braves. Uh, I do in six. Uh, and also has Spencer Strider winning uh, NLCS MVP. I think he's going to come out and do exactly what the Braves need to do, and he's going to show out, and it's going to be incredible to watch. That is uh, – I like – I wish I did the MVPs, but yeah. I forgot about it. Um, I had the one-seed Braves versus the two-seed Padres, and I have the Braves in five. You say this Padres has, like, such an unbeatable lineup, right? There's a bit of a fall-off to that lineup, though. Like – if this lineup doesn't click on the bottom part of the lineup, it's, oh, we're not going to watch the second inning, but we'll tune in for the third inning. Not going to watch the fourth inning. We'll tune in for the fifth inning. You know, like that's that's how that lineup may work. The Braves are through and through a fantastic lineup. You know, you could also throw Freed, you could throw Strider, you could throw Morton, you could throw Wright. They have like seven kids that they could throw in the five spot. You've got Anderson, you've got Schuster, you've got Dodd. There's so, so many people they could go with. You've got Elder. Like, I think the Braves' depth just outmatches the Padres entirely, and that takes the Braves through the series. I think the Padres take game one, though. I think I think the Padres take game one. Joe Musgrove does good. And then the Padres are down 3-1, and it's time for no-no Joe, and Matt Olson takes about 730 feet to straightaway right field. Weirdly specific, but okay. Hey, um, if it comes true, we're going to be uh, talking about this, though. So, uh, are you ready for the World Series? Let's get Ooh, into it. I have the Padres versus the Rays. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but you said I thought you said Mariners. Mariners. Oh wait, no, sorry, wait, sorry. I meant to say Mariners. Did I say Rays. Oh my god, yeah. I was, looking at, I was looking at the Rays next to the Mariners. Sorry, I have the Padres versus the Mariners, which is the correct one. That's and funny. two organizations that have not won a World Series. You know, the Rays being one too, but that doesn't matter. That's besides the point. Um, so one team is going to come away with their first World Series win, and it's the Padres. I'm sorry. It's the Padres in seven. I think this will be an electric series. I think the Padres and the Mariners both have some of the best, you know, 
firepower talent in all of baseball. And I think that will provide for one of the better World Series that we've seen. And I, I just think there's so much going for both these teams, but Padres ultimately have a better offense and a better defense in general. So who wins MVP? I was gonna th- I was gonna say Fernando Tatis because I mean you remember him in his in his um his playoff runs, but then again, uh Manny Machado and Juan Soto both are notorious for being great in the playoffs. But I'm gonna go Juan Soto just because I'm slightly biased. I think Juan Soto will will hit like some very clutch home runs. Des, what are you doing? What you Why saying? would you be biased, Tom? We, we, because I'm because okay. I'm, I'm I'm a secondary Nats fan, Stevs. Okay, that's a good answer. All right, uh, for me, I have Braves versus Astros. Uh, I have Astros in seven. Um, this Astros lineup is incredible. Uh, bullpen a little suspect, and I'm assuming the pitching staff clicks on all levels. Um. But yeah, they kind of they beat up on the Braves. Um, yes, I know it's boring, Tom, but I have Jose Abreu winning fi- or World Series MVP, um, and I think he's going to be absolutely incredible in that series and make the like the contract needs to be made worth it, but make the contract worth it. I have the Braves versus the Mariners, so I like that. No matter what I pick, we all have a unique World Series winner. I think the series is going to start in Atlanta, and then it will go to Seattle, and it will go back to Atlanta. I think we split in Atlanta. I think the Braves go up 3-1 to one in Seattle, and then it's Luis Castillo in the postseason, like the most electric performance in Seattle, like in history. You know, King Felix throws out the first pitch for every single game in Seattle because, you know, it's the only postseason pitches he ever threw in his career. Um, and then they go back to Atlanta and get shelled. Braves in six. Matt Olson, MVP. Tom? Boo! Boo! You have the Padres Man. win. Yeah, Tom, I do have the That Padres. is also very boring, in all honesty. It really isn't, no. Because that's like the... No, that's like not a hot take, though. No, because the acting like Braves, it's a hot take. I am so tired of picking the Braves and the Astros. I do it every year, and I'm like, this year I'm going to switch it up because one of them is going to falter, and I think they will. Um, but at the same time, like, it's so, bo- every, I think for the last two years, I've had, I've had Astros versus Braves in the World Series, and it's just, I'm just so tired of picking them. I know so, last year I had the Blue Jays. I think I had, I think I had Padres, I mean, I know I had, I had, I had, yeah, the exact same one, I had the Astros versus the Braves. I'm so tired of picking them over and over again. We're gonna switch it up. Padres Mariners, Padres taking it, getting their first World Series win. I want to see, I want to see a first-time World Series victory next season. I want to see a team that hasn't won, or at least maybe the Guardians. You know, a team that hasn't won in a million years, like a team like that. I want to see a legendary run happen. Well, there you have it, folks. Every episode that we've ever released has been an off-season episode. And when you hear from us next Tuesday, when we recap the first series of the MLB season, you will join us for the regular season for the first time. Thank you all for joining us. If you've joined us throughout this postseason, if you're new, or this offseason, excuse me, if you've joined us, if you're new, anything in between there, thank you all for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this hour and 47-minute extravaganza that has been our awards, our postseason, and everything in between. This is our penultimate prediction of the 2023 season, and I've enjoyed every second of it. If you have a joy, please consider leaving a rating or review, sharing this with a friend. All social media links are in the description below. Thank you for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. We will see you all next time. Peace. Steve!